Blog Talk Radio. Son of God, love's pure light, radiant beams from thy holy face. With the dawn of redeemed race, Jesus, Lord, at thy birth, Jesus, Lord, at thy Quality, economic well-being, empowerment, and respect for each other's differences. In this earth ceremony, I see the confluence of possibility for country and citizens. A simple girl, born in humble circumstances in rural Barbados, nurtured by the values and traditions of this island, assumes high office in a small state, attempting to be a model of global leadership and to create a large international space for itself and for its citizens. Our country and our people must dream big dreams and fight to realize them. As poet James Stevens puts it, 
we must learn that we are better than our clay and equal our desire. I was born and grew up in the time of colonialism and witnessed Barbados's independence. I am part of the British generation from the colonial past to the independent nation to the future of the new republic. Today, I am both proud and humble. In the presence of Almighty God, my Creator, my family, my friends, my country's political leaders, Barbadians at home and abroad, our Caribbean natures, our Caribbean friends and global communities, and those who love Barbados wherever they may be from, I have become president first president of the Republic of Barbados, which I have sworn to serve faithfully. Prime Minister Mia Amor Motley announced that international superstar Robin Rihanna Fenty will be the newest national hero of Barbados. This thing's on us tonight that I announced that pursuant to Chapter 399, of the laws of Barbados, the Order of National Heroes Act, that my government will and has taken the decision to recognize that among us there are persons for whom the eligibility criteria as set out in Section 8 of that Act and the schedule is entirely applicable. We ask the people of Barbados to nominate persons. And many nominations came. And we will do the remaining ones by the National Heroes Day of 2020. But it is the judgment of this government that it is appropriate to signal to the world tonight that just as within one mile of this state from Bridgetown, there is a national hero by the name of the right expert, Sir Garfield Sir Tobin, born of humble origin, but capable of capturing the imagination of the world by being the greatest of all time in cricket that we do have on the other side of Born less than one mile from here and from Cumberland. Captain is Zeda but above all else commanding the imagination of the world through the pursuit of excellence with her creativity her discipline and above all else
my government has the distinct honor of recommending the President with a kindly and graciously accepted that Ambassador Robin Rihanna Kenji tomorrow morning shall have conferred upon her order You depend on BRC for genuine permaclad, colorclad, and permaseam steel roofing products. But did you know you can depend on BRC for installation too? That's right. BRC has several experienced roofing teams to handle your roof installation professionally. Using tested and proven fasteners and methods with satisfaction guaranteed. When it comes to roofing, there's no substitute for experience. And BRC's crews will give you a great job at a great place. Have your roof installed by the experts. BRC. Who's got condoms, fittings, dippers, switches, panels, bells and rackets, feeding? Williams. Who does wiring, installations, maintenance, for homes and business reading? Williams. From electrical contracting and maintenance to consumer products, Williams Electrical Ship Group.
I is in the tent, I don't know if you're going to have Mason and Gus this evening. It's all of it, you know. It's about this. The winning song. Okay. Yes. yes. Mason and Gus. This point is brought to you. Yes, my point, folks. Yeah, Mason and Guess is about to be brought by the Cricket Show out of Barbados. Ask you to tune in, be with us as we await the arrival of Mason and Guess. Another, another great show is anticipated. Just hear the promotional music that is being played. And the very pleasant good evening to you and welcome to another very special edition of Mason and Guess. Heard on Voice of Barbados. You can call us at 4241790. You can send a WhatsApp to 253-4679 or an email to cricketmason at yahoo.com. Mason and Guest is brought to an association. Yes, indeed. Mason and Guest is on the air. And we at the Cricket Show is relaying that broadcast. We hope that you are hearing us greatly enjoying this program this evening. We trust it will be another wonderful show. Time out to congratulate Barbados on their achieving an independence. And Rihanna, she has been given the award or the title of National Hero of Barbados. We will hear more of that. Congratulations to the young lady. She has done well in the world of music. Let us cross over to hear what Mason has to say. Good morning, Andrew. He deserves it, um, his contribution uh, to broadcasting. We all know, I mean, we don't miss his shows uh, every, uh, around 2 o'clock, right to until 6 o'clock or so, every day of the weekend. It's really fantastic that the government of Barbados has seen it fit to honor him. He's not with us this evening, and we can understand, I'm sure he's celebrating uh, his wonderful achievement. And of course, uh, you've got Desmond Haynes, you know, this is tremendous to see what has happened to him. He richly deserved it. And I would imagine that in the future, maybe a, a, a Joel Big Bird Garner will get a similar honor. And we expect our legends uh, to be really coming through. I expect that to happen. And personally, of course, uh, uh, Dr. Sedsley Wilkie, my first cousin, 
really be happy. The Mason chap is going wild today. Uh, and he's, I can only describe him as a Caribbean idea. Wonderful, wonderful man. I'm very proud of you, Red Plastic Bag. I remember the days when we had the Basie Youth Group. Uh, I was president then. I had some resistance. I said we needed to have a St. Philip Phillips competition. And Plastic Bag won it comfortably. We go to Noel's Walk. Um, never forget it, the guitar. And what a, what a contribution that he's made uh, to Barbados. And I'm very, very proud of him. We in the Mason family are extremely proud of Red Plastic Bag. Of course, tremendous. And of course, Adonijah, who's part of a family as well, a man from uh, deep in rural Barbados, uh, Central, the Republic. <laughs> Wonderful indeed. We are very proud. And Rudolph Cathy Greenwich. Rudolph Cathy Greenwich. And Cedric Proverbs from Cedric the Proverbs Proverbs Proverbs. Yes, yes, in fact. My former schoolmate. Yes, wonderful man, in fact. And he's got a call plastic bag uncle, I'm sure you know that. Oh, wonderful. And I'm going to represent Barbados, like his brothers, in volleyball. And we are very proud of him. A quiet man, but a man with a punch. And we are extremely happy with the achievements of these wonderful people. Remember to remind us, though, he's a Sandhurst graduate. That, yeah, he is. Oh, of course he is. Yes, indeed. And, you know, um, his, his mother... Um, you know, uh, we call her Phyllis Poker. Beautiful, beautiful, wonderful lady with a tremendous spirit. And, you know, in Red Plastic Bag Company, something that has never really been said, you know, and Roland Butch who joins me, um, Red Plastic Bag has an interesting family. In, in that family, there were actually four twins. Wow. Four twins. Wow. And, you know, it has never, ever, ever come true uh, in any of the chapters that I've heard. And it's really wonderful, wonderful uh, four sets of twins uh, in their field. And one can say that um, uh, the first thing he was always up there. <laughs> Wonderful. And we want to thank you, Red Plastic Bag. And in fact, in one of your songs, you say, we thank you. Something is always happening. And we are very proud of Red Plastic Bag. We're proud of Desmond Leo Hain. We're proud of Rudolph Cathy Greenwich. We're also proud of all the people who have gotten. And of course, quite appropriate as well, Rihanna, the national hero, and, and perhaps it is about time that I go to the Combermerian, because I've got, of course, Dr. Andrew Ford, who uh, is going to say something. And we found Ricardo Elcock. Up and up. Oh, Ricardo, where are you, my friend? Ricardo Elcock, where, has he gone? Has he, has he gone to Combermere to Waterford? We're going to try to find him. He's about to say, hello, Ricardo. How are you, my friend? All the way in London. How are you, my friend? You're muted. We want to hear you, Ricardo. You're not hearing you yet? Just turn it on. Okay. Ricardo's going to turn it on. Anthony Gray is going to join us very soon as well. And, of course, Roland Butcher, who knows the, the, the new president um, of Barbados very well. They both come from the East Point area. This is interesting. Mm. And this is why we put together such a wonderful panel. Of Which sure. part does Wayne Daniel come from? Uh, Wayne Daniel is from the south of Barbados. Okay. Um, it's south of the parish. Oh, there you go. Uh, right. Um, I can tell you exactly where he comes from. Um, do you know St. Martin's? The St. Martin's area. Indeed, indeed. Right? You know the Fall Bear area? That's the general area he comes from. Wonderful man. Um, and Felton Payne from that area as well. Wonderful people as well. We call him the Black Pearl. Now, he, Black was, Pearl. he was a teammate of Roland at Middlesex. Yes, he was a teammate of Roland at Middlesex, of course. And I think 
nowadays would easily walk into to West Lisi and play tennis matches. Well, I made that point today at the ceremony that right. Middlesex has a strong Caribbean core of yes. players, yeah, wonderful. including Desmond Haynes. Including Desmond Haynes as well, and of course, Roland Butch, who's, who, who's with us as well, the first black man uh, West Indian to actually play for the West Indies. Right. He's very much with us as well. But let's go and talk to Ricardo Elcock. Mr. Elcock, how are you, my friend? Very well. Oh, oh very well. we can hear you. Of course, you would want to um, applaud the great work of Desmond Leo Haynes and, of course, uh, Rihanna. Talk to me, Ricardo. Yes. Uh, well, well, Rihanna, of course, we must say uh, an honor, of course, and I'm um, very pleased for the young lady. It's always a, r a real pride of mine. I, I've landed in, in Hong Kong, for instance, and saw the whole side of one building in Hong Kong with the picture of Rihanna. Oh. Incredibly proud. Uh, such a proud, proud thing to actually see. You know I mean? So I'm, I you know, I wish her very well, and, and um, I'm very pleased that she got the honor. It's, it's really, really, really nice. Indeed. And, of course, Desmond Haynes, that you know well, you come from the same general area? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, well, we spent a lot of time, as Roland would say, we were, all of us were at Middlesex together. Mm-hmm. And um, and of course, Roland just lived just above me. I come from Remo Village, as you probably as yes, you know, I do know that very well. Uh, yes, mm -hmm. yeah, I used to come up there and pull from 15 yards. No, no, 14, 14, 14, 14 yards. <laughs> <laughs> I can see my friend; she's all the laughing now. 14 yards. I didn't have yeah, the yeah. pace that you did. Oh, I think you need to correct that as well. Then you fall into the Yeah, 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 yeah. Absolutely. Yes. Absolutely. As you know, Desmond lives just above me. As a matter of fact, I used to stop in my gallery around my village and see Desmond house. But I'm very proud of Desmond. Mm. Really, really proud. He's a good mate. Mm. You know, I've known Desmond, I don't know, since I was uh, born, I suppose. Mm. And I'm really, really pleased that he's been given the highest honor. So what do I call him now? Do I call him uh, Sir Desmond or, or... Most honorable. Uh, most honorable. Most honorable. The, the most honorable Desmond hands. I, I shall endeavor to... Uh, Bestow that award on him myself. Thank you. Wonderful indeed, Ricardo. It's nice to see you looking as young as ever. Uh, let's go and get a reaction from Dr. Ford. Dr. Ford, you must be a very proud man of Rihanna. Doctor, how are you, my friend? Yeah. Hi. Good night, Andrew, and to listeners and to the guests. Yeah, certainly, Pride and Industry is a, a big phrase in our national anthem, and, and a hero is an individual we, that we can be proud of their achievements and what they've done. And certainly, Rihanna, she's someone who has achieved a lot in music and up and on, of course, up and on. Mm -hmm. She's achieved a lot in her music, her, her clothes, all these other things. And, you know, we, we just feel good about what she's been able to do. Uh, but certainly, uh, every Barbadian that's been honored is something that we should be proud of because uh, we want to progress as a, as a nation. And now that we become a republic, we still have to keep striving to to improve our island and to be the best citizens we can be. And, and every single Barbadian should strive to be an individual of, of excellence. And if we can do that, we can traverse just these shores and go on to do bigger and better things. So I hope everybody will be inspired by, by all of the individuals that were recognized uh, today. Roland, a Middlesex man. Yes, Andrew. Um, first of all, let me say good evening to my colleagues here, um, Ricky and 
um, Tony Greer and yourself and Dr. Ford. Um, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I mean, all those who have received awards, I mean, I really appreciate you know, what they have done for this very small island. And, um, you know, we spoke with Desmond Hands and really, you know, Desmond Hands has been one of our legends for a long time. Mm -hmm. um, yes, I had the pleasure of I'm playing many years with Desmond at Middlesex with Ricky as well. Um, Desmond came to Middlesex under um, some very difficult and sad circumstances um, following the death of, of Will Slack. Desmond replaced Will Slack mm -hmm. um, for the 1989 um, yes, yes, season onwards. Um, and, you know, he's a great guy, not just a great regular. So mm -hmm. I'm absolutely delighted for him and, and everyone else who have have received awards um, for this on this memorable occasion. Mm -hmm. Indeed, and and let's go to Tony Gray now. Tony, um, are, are you united there in, in Trinidad, Tony? <laughs> no, not not, not yet. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to speak to Dr. Rowley, <laughs> or, or should I speak to Kamala? <laughs> uh, you you choose. <laughs> <laughs> You're not a man. Of course, you would want to from there and from far. Then Santa Cruz uh, offer, you know, I mean, congratulations to Desmond Leo. Yeah, definitely so. I mean, um, um, Butcher said it. I mean, Desmond was uh, not just dedicated as a cricketer, but uh, obviously um, has made an indelible contribution to Westmead's cricket, world cricket, and, uh, you know, Barbados and the Caribbean people. I mean, uh, it's been wonderful contribution uh, and he still wants to make a contribution i might add yes and uh, I'm, I'm sure that in the near future he will be served but let me just say something about rihanna mm. um, obviously coming from this small island mm. uh, she has done marvelously well and if you dissect um you know her contribution uh it's much more than just um, her fame and glory but uh, obviously money's coming into the coffers of, of Barbados. Yes, indeed. The Caribbean. Yes, so, indeed. Yeah, they, they have made they have made such a, a strong and indelible contribution to Caribbean people, not just Barbados. Yes, indeed. Wonderful. Well, stay with us. Um, and of course, we want to, you know, um, say a big shout out to all of them. It was really absolutely fantastic last night. Very well put together. And, you know, um, you know Prime Minister Morty is, of course, an event stand as well. And I'm sure she had um, a lot to do with it as well. Wonderful, wonderful uh, person we call her Auntie Mia. But of course, uh, we are extremely proud of her and proud of all of those uh, who would have had national honors. And we also spoke of Larry Mears, the legend, and that uh, was given to him, uh, of course, that name uh, by the man who is the producer of the show tonight, Ronnie Clark, who's a Manchester United. No, <laughs> Ricardo, no. Um, we're going to look at the West Indies um, situation. Uh, the test matches on, second test, haven't been beaten very badly in the first. But they made a strong start to the second test, Ricardo. From a position of 113 for one, Sri Lanka were bundled out for 204, to which the West Indies replied with 69 for one. As we start day three, it's going to be around 12.15, weather permitting, in the morning. Uh, how do you see that performance by the West Indies, Ricardo? Um, not a bad performance at all, 204 to um, the... Sri Lanka team and the West Indies are 69 for one. Yeah, I, I, that's a that's a good performance, and I, I hope it can continue. I mean, you know, we all here in in, um, in England, um, you know, we we love to see 
Caribbean cricket being strong and they, it's been really hurtful mm-hmm. to actually see some of the performances that we think. Now, I think that this stuff can improve, so I'm, I'm praying and hoping that hopefully this test match would, would give us uh, some kind of drive forward. I mean, Bangladesh was, was nice, and then yes. we seem to have gone backwards, but sometimes you need to go backwards to actually come forward. So I'm hoping that perhaps that's, um, that's going to be the um, situation again in, in this particular series here. Mm-hmm. Uh, your reaction, Tony Gray, to the second day's play, 204 to uh, the Sri Lankans West Indies 69 for one with a new opener in Blackwood who got 44. Yeah, I think it was a very good effort from the West Indies team, as you mentioned, um, in a truncated first day because of the inclement weather. Um, I think that we did really well to come back into the game and, uh, um, you know, uh, Sri Lanka capitulated for just uh, 204 runs. So that was an excellent effort. And Pomor must be complimented. This mm-hmm. is his first effort. Uh, internationally for, for the last, what, five years? Yes. Um, so he's come back into the West Indies team with a bang. And uh, Warrican also uh, performed very well. He has been on song with the ball. And, uh, you know, it's amazing because if you put things in the right perspective, you're playing against batsmen who have grown up on a steady diet of spin bowling. And these two spinners from the West Indies um, could come and perform that well. Um, 69 for the loss of one represents a good strike. I think that, you know, Blackwood opened the innings is not a bad thing because he's a, an aggressive, positive type player. And you have to balance with him and the captain, Brathwaite, because Brathwaite, a rule, obviously, is about through the course of the innings. And you need somebody to take on the bowlers, and that's what Blackwood did, um, but didn't do it for long enough. Uh, so good effort from him, but a very good start from the West Indies team, 69 for the loss of one. Mm-hmm. Roland? Yeah, I think a uh, very good reaction by the West Indies following the first test match. Um, it, was, it would be quite easy to be um, down and out after the performance in the first test match, particularly the batting effort in the second innings. And it showed a lot of character, not just in that, coming back from that test match, but also from the first day. If you remember the first day of this test match, by the end of the day, um, Sri Lanka were out in front. So really the reaction yesterday was fantastic. Um, with the ball, um, just you know, getting them up to 204, I, th- I think was an excellent performance. Mm-hmm. And then the reply was 69 to 1. Again, you know, that was a good performance. I don't think we can get too complacent now because, uh, you know, cricket is a funny thing. We all will hope that this morning that they will continue in that vein to try and build on that first innings mm-hmm. and not use early wickets and then find ourselves, you know, scrambling to get a similar score in Sri Lanka. What's needed today really is. That West Indies must get ahead of Sri Lanka. If they don't get ahead of Sri Lanka in terms of their first innings total, then the game stays very much in the balance. But up to this point, I think we've got to compliment them for the, the effort that they put in yesterday. It was really big effort. Mm-hmm. Let's ask a general question before Dr. Ford comes in. Ricardo, you know, you are very much from Barbados. You've had a, a stint with England. Um, and, of course, you, you, you pay great attention to our cricket why do you think that we're so inconsistent? I mean, in the halcyon days of West Indies cricket, from what, 1980 to 1995, we didn't lose the series. But ever since then, uh, we've been inconsistent and the side hasn't played well at all. Can you put your finger on it, Ricardo, why you think we're playing so badly? Um, I, th- I tell you, I don't want to be too um, critical of West Indies about it, but I'll tell you what. To win test matches, you need to get 20 wins. Mm-hmm. 
there. Don't anybody fool you. I mean, Batman can score as much rounds as they like. But really, truly, you need to get 20 wickets. And um, I, I think since the early 90s, we have a, just haven't had the bowlers that sort of get 20 wickets. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, 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 not, and, and it's not only 20 wickets. In reality, if you break our test match from, you know, 450 um, overs, um, if you were to, to say a side was to bat for half of those and bowl for half of them, really, truly, you need to get 20 wickets in 225 overs, if you're thinking about it. So that means a strike rate of somewhere around 67, right? And if you think that you look at, through the West Indies bowling lineup since the 90s, you ain't going to find many people that strike it anywhere around that number. In the, in, in, with you, you'll ask people, why did West Indies win in the early 80s and, and 70s? And I'll tell you why. Because we had four bowlers with strike rates somewhere around 50. Don't, don't let anybody fool you. Four bowlers with strike rates around 50. And until we can find that again, we're going to struggle to win test matches. And that's proven with India now, with New Zealand. Mm-hmm. Australia, who's always been the top, probably the top test site, has always had four or five bowlers that's going to strike somewhere around 50. And if you can't find that, then you, you're going to struggle to win test matches. It's as simple as that. Mm-hmm. You know, India had four of the best spinners in the world mm-hmm. and struggled to win test matches. Why? Because none of them had a strike rate of 50 or 60. Mm-hmm. Dr. Ford? Well, that's, that's an interesting uh, perspective, uh, but we found over the last 20 plus years that our batting has been in, in serious decline. And, you know, we've got to the stage where we don't have a world-class one within our, our test team, if we really look at it carefully. Uh, there were times when we had Dan DePaul, or we may have had Lara, or we may have had some others, uh, Sarwan, that that were there and there about. Um, Roland, I'd like to ask you, what is the change in approach considering the difficulties we had in the first innings that you think we should employ if we are to push on today and not capitulate the way the Sri Lankans did uh, this morning? Well, first of all, um, let me just answer first off for what Andrew's asking this morning. Ricky made a point in relation to having a good goal in the track. Which will happen with nothing. That is the gross of that is extremely true because the city's success was built on um, whatever whatever total they got, the bowlers felt confident in restricting the opposition below that. So that's also important. I think the other thing is also that is important. I think, you know, if you haven't got that type of that your backing needs to be very strong. Or your backing needs to be capable. Um, that cannot be said of our backing for not some time. Mainly because of what happens within first class cricket and the structures below. As a result, you know, we have got persons playing the national cricket averaging 25 and under 30 at first class level. That's not going to give you results at, at test match level. Um, in terms of um, how, how things have changed now, um, you know, right, yes, what is it? Day one and the previous test match. Um, obviously, our batting against the spin in that was not it was not the best, and, they, and all the players would say that they didn't play well in that first day. Now, how much change can they make in, the, in this particular test match? What they'll have to do is capitalize on any bad bowling that Sri Lanka serves up. 
I have said right throughout this series that I don't believe um, Sri Lanka's spin attack is a very good attack, mm -hmm. particularly the, the two left armers. I think they've all too many bad delivery. So what West Indies have got to do is they've got to keep out those good balls and then capitalize on the bad balls. And they're going to get enough of them. There's no question about that. They'll get enough of them. For me, the one threat really, I think, goes well is what's going to end this. If he goes well, um, you know, they'll have to come up with a game plan whether they're going to sweep or, or how they're going to play against him. Against the left armers, I think they've just got to wait for the bad ball and try and keep the bad balls up. Um, they're not going to be able to sweep effectively overnight. I mean, that is something that you have to learn over a period of time. You don't suddenly decide to say, I'm going to sweep, and you're going to hit the ball in the middle of the back. I mean, there are good sweepers who still, in certain circumstances, have bad have problems um, playing that sweep shot. Um, we, we don't like coming down the pitch, so that, that, that is a, a, a problem that we have. I'm not going to, that's not going to change much in this test half either. So I think he's got to try and keep it basic. Keep up the good ball and capitalize on the bad one. Yeah, that, that's true, Roland, uh, because we had a high percentage of drop balls in the test match, just as we do in the white ball uh, format. Uh, Tony, you you did uh, mention Pramal, and it is good that a guy can come off the station and, and perform the way that he has done uh, last night. But also, um, we see Pramal and Wharton, two left-arm spinners, Wharton giving the ball a lot of loose. And, and getting it to kind of drop out of the air while Kamal was getting some drift and, and sharper turn, bowling a bit faster. Um, does the performance of the two spinners last night indicate what's been happening in, in our cricket with spinners dominating? Or do you think we, we have to watch some more how they perform over the next few years? Well, obviously, um, what we witnessed yesterday and uh, today was the, the fact that um, the, the pitch was turning a lot, a lot of prodigious turns. And uh, when you have spinners, you expect them to get wickets on, on that type of surface. Um, I think the selectors um, oh, should have been a little bit more proactive in the first test match. And they did their home up a little bit more uh, to, to know that um, Sri Lanka obviously depended on a lot of right-handers. Um, out of the first eight batsmen, you had seven right-handers, uh, one left-hander. And, and funnily enough, um, in the first test match, he's the one that scored the century and then a half century in the second end. Uh, but, um, you know, uh, initially, I thought we should have gone in with uh, two uh, left-arm orthodox bowlers, and we saw uh, the success um, in this particular test match. I just think they have uh, different things to offer. Um, I like the way Warwick has bowled in this test series because he knows his game. He's an intelligent bowler. Mm -hmm. He might not be, um, you know, one that turns the ball consistently um, in an extreme way, but uh, he knows his game and he, he's got a lot of uh, in, intelligent guile and that sort of thing. He, he flights the ball nicely. I think that Pumal shifted his line nicely. And um, you heard Roddy Eswick uh, talk about that after the first day. He said that, listen, you've got to attack the stumps a little bit more. And they did that. And when you have two left-arm spinners turning the ball like that, uh, with batsmen who like to come on the front foot and like to drive through the line of the ball because they're custom on low surfaces, um, it, it's always going to make them successful. So well done. They bowl well together, created pressure, and we saw the results. So they will have to repeat that in the second innings. But hopefully we bat once in this game. And once means uh, perhaps a score for 350 runs mm. or more. 
Are you very optimistic, Tony? <laughs> well, I'll tell you something, Andrew. If mm. you look at Bangladesh, and we could always refer to Bangladesh because it was a high successful score for us. I am one that um, looked at that uh, profoundly, and I looked at the first three one-day games that we played. We lost all, but the batsmen that scored runs in the test match or the test matches were the batsmen that got the opportunity to face um, the spin bowling attack of the Bangladeshis. Mm. Uh, to me, you watch what's going on in this series. Um, Kyle Mears has scored a 40-something in the first test match. Mm -hmm. uh, you had uh, Bonner uh, batting very well in that uh, last test match. And, the and then um, Josh Silver. Silver. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So they, 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 there's a little bit of deja vu. And they're now getting accustomed to the, the spin bowling attack of the, uh, the Sri Lankans. Uh, Blackwood played well, but uh, obviously he has not faced a lot of spin bowling in the past. And I made, that, made mention of that. So the selectors have to be strategic. It's frozen there. Yeah, Tony's frozen, yeah. It's frozen. Mm -hmm. uh, but I, I guess I, I could go on to, to Ricky. Uh, Ricky, you're, you're, you, know, you have a fast bowling background. We are in Sri Lanka. Oh, Tony, sorry. We've noticed, Ricky, that the fast bowlers haven't really dominated uh, on these Grounds, even a guy like Lachnow hasn't bowled much. Kyle Mears bowled maybe two overs in, in one of the innings. Even our two quicker bowlers haven't bowled much. Uh, there were some fans who, after the first match, said we need to go back to our tried and true, uh, tried Lloyd method of, of four fast bowlers and abandoned spin. Oh. Tell us about how, on, on these type of surfaces and on these wickets, fast bowlers can be successful? Do they have to depend on just being fast through the air, or can they get something off the wicket? I mean, both teams are struggling. What, what can a fast bowler do in these conditions? I, I think, I, I like fast bowlers. Mm. I, I was one of them, mm. um, and I like them. The reason why I like fast bowlers <laughs> is that that's not situation. <laughs> the reason why I like Andrew is the ball very short, you know. Yeah. You can't yeah. remember. <laughs> 1985, green top, Barbados. Yes. Turnover. Yes. Short, short all the time. Too. The problem is, is that that doesn't happen. 
mm-hmm. two strike board, there's two spin boarders in the world that kind of strike red. Melanithrin and Ken Warren. Mm-hmm. If you can find four of those, you're going to win test matches. But the <laughs> problem is you're not going to find four of those. India had four spin boarders back in the 70s. You know, Bish and Betty, Chandrasekhar, Prasanna, Venkat. Right. Best spin boarders that anybody have ever seen. You go and look at their strike rates. Their strike rate was 90. Mm. No, India going to struggle. India would struggle. India suddenly find four fast borders. Right. They found the formula. Now where's India? They win in test matches. And that's what I'm saying is the long-term interest to win a test match. So any particular one test match could be won by a spinner. Mm. And don't, don't get me wrong. And I'm not against spinners. Don't get me wrong. Because I know I've got friends of mine that all say, well, you're only interested in fast bowling. That's not the truth. I'm interested in the best strike rate because that's what the venue has matched. Interesting. Okay, so you're you're misunderstood because, as you say, um, Aspen is number two on the on the test list, and mm. the Australian line is number twenty, and all the others are are fast bowlers. So I think you might be onto something there. No, no fast, I might be. I've, on, I've done a thesis on this. Really? I like okay. that. So, so, so work this out. And, and, and if you, if I think one of the best coaches in the world mm-hmm. was Fletcher. Fletcher turned up in England and they asked him, how are you going to get England to number one in the world? He said, find me four fast quarters. Mm. You know what? He found four of them. And, he, and, we, and England went to number one in the world. Mm. Interesting. This is, this is not rocket science. Mm-hmm. Okay. This, is, this is sitting down and looking at the data. Okay. Uh, Roland, we have been, as a country, struggling for <coughs> opening back <coughs> since Greenwich and Haynes. Sin has been doing reasonably well, but we struggled. And now we have Salvano, who's unfortunately been injured, but didn't show much in the regional tournament to really recommend him. It, it suggests we have a dearth of of mm-hmm. opening batsmen, we do know at times they were they were experiments with uh, with with keepers opening, and now we have Blackwood opening. Do we have to find a makeshift solution <laughs> to our opening problems, or do we keep looking at the the young openers in the in the region? I think no, before we're gonna we're gonna have to certainly find openers because you know good openers will set a game up and make it very easy for the middle order and also for the bullies. So, you know, we're going to have to find um, openers. The problem that we have currently is that in first-class cricket, there are no openers, young or old, um, who is scoring consistently at first-class level, who can then transfer that to first-class cricket. What we must recognize is that for every level you go up, right, your numbers will come down. So... Because you score a lot of runs at school level, doesn't mean you will score a lot of runs at first class level. So 100 at, 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 at on the 19 level, you know, you get in the first class, you know, that's probably worth 50. You go up the test level, you see the worth in that. So if you're if you're only averaging 25, 30 pops in first class cricket, when you play in test cricket, that's going to go up. Right down, your, your average interest is going to be very low. So, as an opening batsman, you know, our opening batsmen have got to score heavily in first class cricket to then have a chance of succeeding 
from international cricket. So the search must continue mm -hmm. uh, to find um, the type of players who will um, be successful because it's the hardest place at times, not all the time, because sometimes it's the easiest place to bat, but at times it is the hardest place to bat, hopefully in the innings, mm -hmm. because you've got everything against you. Roland, Roland, I got a question for you and Tony Bray. Uh, let's start with you, Tony. Do you support Blackwood opening the end into the West Indies? Oh, it's about yeah. mm. you don't you don't you don't have anybody else to, to look at. I heard you mention um Da Silva. But if you look at Da Silva, it's the infant stage of his uh, career. Um it's very difficult being a wicketkeeper batsman. He obviously has done well with the bat and with the gloves to a certain degree. And that's because he's had a lot of time to recuperate. So Tony, where did he Tony, can I ask you a question? Sure. Yeah, go ahead. We just we just brought Hope in for the test match. Who was an opener? Batted him down the order and put Blackwood to open. Mm. Why? What's what's the question? Well, I mean, um, Hope <laughs> has been struggling since two thousand okay. and two. I, 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 I get that. I understand Ricky, that. Ricky, I understand Ricky, that. Ricky, let me try to get that for you. I understand it is. No, no, no. The thing about it is that if, if, if it's 2017, now we're talking about opening batsmen. And Ricky, you said something. If we don't have the potency with the bowling department, the fast mm -hmm. bowling department, you're not going to have good opening batsmen enough. If you don't have no. good pitches, you're not going to have good opening batsmen because the go on and on. My thing is. That's, not my, that's my, not my point. My point is that the opening batsman that you had got injured, right? right? Mm -hmm. You brought right. somebody in to replace him, but you put that person to back down the order and put a middle order batsman to back as an opener. Well, well, Why in your order could you do something like that? He's not, he, listen, since 2017, when he scored those centuries in Headley, which was a record-breaking feat on that particular venue, right? Um, he's not a lot of four-day cricket. And he struggled a lot. If you look at Shea Hope's technique, it's gotten worse. Yeah. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not advertising. I'm not advertising. So my point, my things. point, Ricky, is that he's decided to go with somebody who's positive, who likes the ball coming onto the bat. Because if you look at Blackwood, just a minute. If you look at Blackwood, Blackwood scored 95 against England, which was a match-winning um, feat. Mm. He yes. scored a century against New Zealand. So clearly, he likes the ball coming onto the bat. Against Bangladesh, when they spin, and I made mention of that when the, the um, well, the Sri Lankans were, were in the Caribbean, he will struggle a little bit until he gets accustomed. So today, he didn't look badly at all. So, so they didn't. Uh, I, 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 I understand that, Tony. I'm not, my point is not, I'm not saying that Blackwood should have done it. I'm saying if you're going to bring, if you needed an uh, opener, then bring somebody else. Don't bring Hope at all. No, no, you can't. I, I think Roland has an answer. Right. Uh, Ricky, Ricky, my understanding is, and, uh, and you may think in confirm this, that even before the Sri um, mm. Lanka, mm. and even after it was fixed, I maintain that even though she hope is not an open back from by nature, that this was the tour for him to open the back. Mm. That was before. Now, mm. when Salazano got Mm. My belief is that he should have stepped up to take that position. But I also understand that he didn't want to do it. <laughs> and that would put his hand up. Yeah, would right. then you play somebody else, Roland? 
But I'm just saying, you know what? But before we go to break, Roland, my question to you do you support that for opening the bathroom to the Not long term. I don't have a problem with doing it now. What I would say is, I would look for him to open in one river. That's something I would like to do in the future. Mm. Never selected for one. But never selected for one. Which which I'm a little surprised at. He's not, but I'm just saying that's what I believe that. Yeah, we should we should look at in the future. And his game is the gale and all this game. And his game is really suited for the one day, you know. You, you know, he's a, a, a busy batsman, excellent fielder, and if needed, can bowl a little bit of spin as well. So, interesting. So, you're saying that you would open the batting. You ha- don't have a problem if that would open the batting. I just want to get it up from the clear, Mr. Mitchell. Well, it's only two games, Andrew, and this is the last one. So, he's okay. not going uh, mm-hmm. to open anymore after this. Okay. This, no. is, this is the last game. No, when we come back from our break, I want to know from you and from Tony Gray and Ricardo Elcock, where would you back shareholders? Now, I suggested, as we go to the break, that I believe that um, Young Silver should have opened the batting and shareholders, because you've got a concern about the Silver actually, um, you know, keeping uh, and batting as well. Um, the Silver is by uh, bringing an opening batsman. I think he's got the temperament, he's certainly got the technique, and I certainly would open the energy to him. Let's pause for business calls as we come back. The question remains. Mason and Guest? Yes. We are breaking from Mason and Guest for a while. Did my best soon. Interesting. Interesting. Um, uh, Roland, where would you bat him? I think right now, it is not a case of a preference for Sheho. I think Sheho, Sheho has to bat wherever he's put the bat because yes, right now he's fighting, mm. he's fighting for his career. So I don't think he can say, yes, mm-hmm. I want the bat at four. But Roland, I'm asking you, where would you bat him? Where will I bat him in this thing? Yes, and I'm asking the question more than once. Right. <laughs> Come on, the share, that, the share hope that we have seen mm. before, if share hope is batting 
like he, we've seen him back before. I would back him at four. Obviously, at this moment in time, the way the form that Shea Hope is in, mm. you know, when you bat in three, four, five, or six, he's mm. still having the same problems. Oh. So it is, it is difficult to put Shea Hope um, in a position that you say he's going to keep that position right now because right now, mm. you know, he's fighting for his career and, and, and that is difficult. Mm. So he, he has to bat wherever he's put back right now. But in, all, but, 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 but in all, but in ODI cricket, you, you'll open the battery with him, Roland, would you? No question. No okay. question about that. Okay, he, fair he's enough. got one of the best records in the average of 50 mm. in world cricket. Right. In, right. In so so, so I, just, yes. I just want to get it right because we're going to go to Jamaica shortly. So you would open with Blackwood and Brathwaite, Bonner at three and Hope at four. Can you confirm when, this? When? When? This, this is the last test match. Right, right, okay. So it's already started. Black right. He's open, so he's going to open. Right, in right, it. right. So, so I don't think that is the discussion to have at all. No, no, I don't no, believe no, that. No, no, I don't so, believe going forward. No, 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 no. I'm just, I'm just asking you, because if the next wicket falls, then the man to come to you would be hope. Well, the next wicket falls, yes, he Okay. Yes. Mm-hmm. Because that's what that's what he's been picked for this, mm-hmm. in this mm-hmm. test match. Mm-hmm. You know, if they say to him, and you're comfortable, and you're comfortable with a makeshift opener, Andrew. Yes, I'm comfortable yes. for this test match. Mm. We don't. There's nothing. If there were two other test matches to go, mm. it may be a different situation. But this, this this is the end. Oh, when this game is finished, this is the end. Okay, and, and it has worked out pretty good so far. I mean, the partnership of '69. You know, in fact, well, it's, in fact, I mean, it's the it, first partnership in 15 innings, I think, um, or is it 15 tests? So just double checking that. Um, yeah, so it's the first 51 partnership. Yeah, 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 for quite a long time, which is which is wonderful. Yeah. And, oh. and in the first, in the last test match, he got a 20 odd and didn't share, but too bad. Yeah, but I'm not yards. saying he's the long term, mm-hmm. not the long term mm-hmm. um, solution because you're going to play against better teams. You're going to play against the Australians and the, in the Indians who've got serious fast bowlers and. and and then really your technique is going to be examined um, more closely. So mm. I don't have a difficulty in this very short series. You come in at short notice, mm. but going forward, you know, we are going to have to train ourselves. Right. Um, you know, a, 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 a real opening batsman. All right. Um, Ricardo, I'm going to come to you shortly, but let's go quickly to Jamaica and, and speak to my very good friend, um, Wayne Lewis. Hello, Wayne. How are you? Hello, Andrew. How are you doing? I'm, um, I'm great. Thanks. Hello to your your guest host or your host. Of course. Yes. Yeah. Right. Well, but I know you're a very busy man. Very, very busy man. Uh, so, um, and, and we know that you roam the streets of Kingston. You've got my mistake. Totally agree with you. Um, you must be pretty happy with the, the work of Blackwood. I know you're a big Blackwood man. Is that a trick question? No, are, are, are you not a Blackwood man? I am. I'm just saying you said I'm happy with him. I mean, you know, it, I was hoping that he would have scored some more runs. Okay. Because, he, he, you know, from that perspective, 44 in the first innings, mm. the decent partnership with the captain, of course, that's nice. But I would like to see you know, him going on to score maybe his third century. So yeah, yeah. I don't know about being happy. I wasn't satisfied. I was a bit disappointed with the shot that he played in the second innings of the first century. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So in terms of that, I don't know that I'm happy. Mm. No, no, no. Do you think you should open the batting? Well, that's a serious question. I, I, I was listening to you guys talking. I personally, for me, I would have opened with Chai Hope. I think Ooh. technically he was found a player. 
mm-hmm. um, than that Blackwood. Blackwood is, you know, looking to play shots. I don't know that his technique is the best in the world. Mm-hmm. You know, I respect the technique of Shaiwok. And, you know, he has Liz Cohen once in test cricket. He's basically trying to get back in. Mm-hmm. I think it's more in his head. You know, he plays with a lot more flair and much more relaxation when he's playing in the ODIs because he's established as a, as a world-class and ODI player. Mm. And he's been told that he has not been doing well in test cricket. And so I think he's playing up on his mind. And because of that, he's putting a lot of pressure on himself. Mm. But I think that he, 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 in terms of comparing himself on Blackwood, I think he's more better equipped for the new ball. And um, I would have used him. Mm. And give him the confidence as well. And, and where would you black, uh, back Blackwood if you're going to have hope at the top? I ask me all these cricket questions, Andrew. Mm. Um, you know, um, but are you not a cricket expert? Yes, yeah, but I I told you something off here, and you know, I want to respect that. But I think he's been batting in the middle. Think mm. I find somewhere there. You know, right. I know in the middle of our batting is not very established. Right. He's not a world class batting. We have mm. in the lineup in the middle, mm. and he has been around for a while in, in, in Test cricket. But there are some new guys coming through. Mm. But I would still be maybe batting at five six somewhere there, mm. bring a little more balance to the mm. middle, and, and, and let me, you know. Mm-hmm. You know, there's just a little more credential, credibility in the batting if he's batting at maybe five or six. Wayne Lewis, of course, former um, Jamaica opening batsman and, of course, the secretary of Weeper. Um, Wayne, celebrations, I mean, in terms of planning for Gales, um, you know, in terms of leaving the scene, is there excitement in Jamaica about Gale playing against some of our friends from Ireland in January? First, um, Andrew, allow me to offer congratulations to yourself and the Barbados, people of Barbados or the Bajans as they are called. Yes. For being an, you know, a republic. A right. Republic of Barbados. Congratulations. Mm. You made Jamaicans, a lot of Jamaicans are very jealous about it. They thought that, I mean, Jamaica should have own independence so and removed the Queen as head of state. But mm. they are quite jealous about the fact that Barbados has, um, has taken this decision. We just noticed that there was no referendum. It was made by um, probably some of the other team, but nevertheless, you know, we are quite jealous in Jamaica about that. Mm. And, and, do you, and do you expect Andrew Holness to go in that direction? I know you're, <laughs> a, I know you're a PNP man. You know that? I know that. Oh, Tony Gray told me. I've never, who did? Tony Gray told me that you're a PNP Tony, man. Yeah. Oh, Tony Gray, Tony Gray. That fast bowler, he's not very quick anymore. So <laughs> he's not very quick anymore, yes. I can't take advantage. <laughs> you know, I made my debut against Tony Gray in 1985 at Savannah Park. Oh. He looked like he was about 10 feet tall. Yes. And I remember um, um, the great and the late, um, oh, oh, God, I, I get back to his name. Um, yes. He came to me and said, you know, when you're a first-class speaker, you know, don't feel inferior to no one. And mm. that lifted me a bit. And I've always said that to every player making his debut, you know, that... Um, mm. You know, you don't feel in fear. And so I actually play against Tony Gray in my debut. Oh, mm, I see. So, so what's the reaction to um, um, Gail in terms of, you know, that retirement? The Jamaicans are excited about it? I can't give you anything empirical data. I cannot give anecdotally. I mean, a lot of persons split down the line. People have the view that he should have retired. People have the view that it's great to see him for the last time. Mm. So it's a mixed feeling, really. I haven't tested the market just to see what exactly people's opinions are. But mm. um, all in all, you know, it's a mix of 50-50 things. 
Mm. Some persons think that he shouldn't be offered that. Some people think he deserves it. Mm. And others think that he should have retired. So mm. it's, it's, I don't know. We'll wait and see what happens. What, what, what's Wayne Lewis's view? I know he tried to come to me with his chop, these questions, these sneaky questions, and he's always doing that. I mean, however, I'm on record mm. of saying that I think that Chris Vergeen should have retired in 2019 after the World Cup in England. That has always been my position. I've spent on Sportsmax for the entire Caribbean mm. um, to, to see that. And that is just my view. You know, this after that World Cup, and many, many players from, you know, other nations, I mean, cricketing nations retired mm. after that World Cup. And usually you find resignation or retirement after these, these, these mega events. And Chris decided to stay on. And he's still featured in the rest of this cricket. So I, I said it then that he should have retired from then. But mm. it's not my decision. It's his, right? Mm, yeah. Are, are you aware of any plans by the government for that grand occasion? Are you, have you spoken to the minister, Mr. Babsy Graves? I have not. He's a lady that I know. I know her pretty well. Mm. Not pretty well, but I, I know her. And we explain, ex, you know, we exchange a lot of pleasant, pleasant when we see each other. Mm. But I don't know that there's no plan for that because he has not announced his retirement. So therefore, mm. I've not heard of any. Mm. Grand, grand celebration for him or anything like that, simply because he has not retired. Oh, okay. <laughs> Fair enough. Indeed. And, and just before you go, Wayne, uh, local elections, the JCA, are they supposed to be held um, sometime um, this week? Is that, am I right? Yes, I think it's Thursday. Um, Thursday? Uh, are, you, uh, are you part of any, any, any team? I am not. My concentration and my focus is Thursday. And mm. Weaver, and uh, Weaver Lines, our president of Kensington Cricket Club, along with vice president, mm. Major Bailey, will be representing um, Kensington at the AGM. You'll only be one addition to the, the board, uh, Linton Walters. Comrade Linton Walters has been um, asked to join. Mm. He has one um, deceased uh, director, and he's going to be replacing that director. Mm. And, and that's it, really. So, so going back almost unblocked. Oh, so, so, so Billy Haven is unopposed? Unopposed, yeah. Oh, are you surprised by that, Wayne? I, I, I mean, you ask me, Andrew. I mean, I know in the last maybe five um, voted AGMs we have had elections, we have challenges and so on. But for some reason, this one, there's no challenge. I don't know if the whole COVID situation has anything to do with it. There hasn't been another cricket being played in Jamaica since last year. Mm. So therefore, no, there's, um, there's nothing as it relates to JCA and competitions. They have not hosted any competitions since last year. Mm. And therefore, I don't know if that has anything to do with it, but mm. for some reason, there's no challenge. And I wish him and his organization all the best because we really need the cricket to improve. So I am not political when it comes to these things. I just want the players to do well. Mm. I want the game to continue to improve mm. and the facilities to improve and the resources are there for the players to, to do their best. And that's what we ask for. So if they can do it in this time, then... Mm. Well, final question to you. The ODI uh, squad has been selected, the T20, to play against Pakistan. Uh, have you had a chance to, to look at the squads, Wayne? I have. I've seen some new faces and I've seen some some players decided that they don't want to tour uh, mm. Pakistan. Either, right? So I have always seen this. It's an opportunity for others. Remember when, when Myers and... and, 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 and and, and, and Kuma Bana and those guys got an opportunity to go to Bangladesh. I was very philosophical about it. It's an opportunity for some guys mm. to hold on to this, um, this opportunity. And I think they have done that. So therefore, it's another opportunity for some new players to get an, 
uh, an experience at international level, and I wish them all the best. And, and Pollard has got your blessing as captain for both the ODI and T20s. It's interesting you said that. I've always appreciated and respected Pollard's position as a captain. I'm not speaking on behalf of Weep and others myself. Mm. You know, I think he brings a lot of stability and respectability mm. to this set up when mm. he's on the field. He looks like he's in control. Mm. It appears that the players are playing for him. Mm. Seems like a happy bunch of guys, just mm. that they're not winning consistently. Mm. Consistently. Mm. They have no issues with Pollard being the captain. I think that, mm. you know, he's, he's, he's the right man at, at the right time for it. Mm. You talk about respectability, but you didn't mention success. Well, I just said it. They haven't won a lot. Yeah. They won so so why would you want to continue with someone who's not successful as the captain? You didn't ask me about, you asked me, I didn't ask me anything about continuation. You asked me if I am a player that is captain. Mm. And I don't know that, um, well, I don't want to speak too much on that, other than the fact that, you know, mm. I appreciate that he was appointed captain. Mm. You know, I was, I was happy to see him and I wish him all the best. Right. And I thought that he has done a pretty decent job. Mm. Yes, the team didn't do well in the World Cup and, and, and we're all unhappy about that and sad about that. Mm. And, and, and I know he's basically on his way out now. I think he's, what, 36 years old? Mm. But I can't imagine that he'll be leading the rest of the team for quite much longer. Right. And I just want to wish him all the best. Right. Okay. Well, Wayne, I want to thank you for coming through and talking to us. Uh, we're going to send a delegation down, headed by Tony Gray and, of course, uh, Ricardo okay. Elcock and uh, Roland Bush and Dr. Ford to speak to your Prime Minister. And you, well, you, you, you'll be like us soon. Well, oh, thank you, sir. <laughs> and I, I'm looking forward to seeing my good friend Tony Gray, even to hear him laugh. You know, <laughs> yes, However, I thought he had me on the program to ask me some updates with Weeper and what we're doing, but I guess that would be for Yes, yes. Yeah. Uh, I, I wouldn't mind asking you a question. Uh, and the question is, what's the biggest concern that WIPA has at the moment, and what is the one improvement WIPA plans on instituting to improve as an organization? To improve what organization? Uh, every organization grows and evolves, so I, I'm saying, is there any initiative WIPA sees as a weakness that they want to improve, and what's your biggest concern as it relates to, to your function right now? Well, we have just, at our last AGM, we introduced a new committee, it's um, um advisory committee, where it's a group of players, both male and female. They have, um, um, uh, they have formed this group now that they're going to be working with the player development managers for the reads for all the, the franchises. And um, they're going to be reporting um, to, 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 to the board, make recommendations, and they'll carry a lot of stuff because they'll be on the ground in all the territories and they'll carry another stuff concerns that they want to address. Um, Selman is actually the chairperson of that, um, that advisory um, committee, and they have started doing their work already, and we have had representatives from all the franchises, all the territories, and they'll be dealing with various issues of various aspects of stuff that they have had that would not be brought to the attention of WIPA, but they'll be representing those players and, and a lot of issues that they might have and so they can be addressed. So we have done that. Now, what's the biggest um, ongoing issue that you're dealing with now? Well, we're just trying to, uh, we've had about two addendums to the, the MOU that we signed. And um, we're looking at, and we're having discussions up to, uh, before yesterday we had meetings. Today's what, Tuesday? Yesterday yeah. we had meetings, we continue to have meetings with Cricket West Indies as it's related. So the fitness policy and, and, and the franchises, how effective they are as it relates to, you know, continuously preparing the players that even out of competition. So we have had a, a number of stuff that we're looking at to try and just give the guys the best opportunity to perform.
there was a suggestion that there were there may have been some financial issues as it relates to players is this something that that takes up any time that we can right now but there are always issues in cricket wrestling as it relates to funding you know that especially during the pandemic but as i said we have had many meetings with cricket wrestling they have given us timelines they have always held firm on those timelines mm. ensure that we hold them accountable to those timelines and when they tell us that they're going to make payments at a particular time, usually it happens. We have never had an issue that is related to cricket West Indies where we are very vexed issues when it comes to payments and so on because we understand. And we are working together and therefore usually we go to the players and we let them know exactly what's happening with their remuneration and when will they be paid and so on. Mm-hmm. And usually those things usually come through on time. So I really don't have any issues mm. other than the fact that we understand that it's a tough situation in world cricket right now. So it's important to get the team to continue to play. Mm-hmm. So we have been working assiduously with them yeah. to ensure that when they go into a bubble, all the protocols are adhered to. And we, you know, we continue to counsel our guys and encourage them to be respectful of these bubbles because the, the penalties is severe if they close and therefore we don't want any distractions like that. So mm-hmm. we have ensured, and cricket wrestling has, they have ensured that we are very much a part of the process as it relates to those. Mm. those plans mm. and security situations like for example they're going to Pakistan now the security detail is very tight along in a public situation so we just go on calls with the players and of course with the hierarchy of the question is just to ensure that we are on a level playing field mm. when they are going to be public when are there any outstanding payments I, I not as I'm aware of usually I'd have to talk to people about that nothing has been brought to my attention, mm. but we know that in the past we have had issues and they have been paid. For example, in, in terms of the, the, the franchise players in the various um, territories, mm. their payments are going through. Mm. Um, we have had any cricket, so there's no outstanding match fees and so on, other than the fact that mm. uh, they have to be paid on a monthly basis. I see. Wayne, thanks very much for coming through and talking to us. It's always a pleasure to talk to you. Um, of course, the Secretary Weeper. Thanks very much, Wayne Lewis, there My in the land of wood and water. All right, it's seven sixteen. The country going to pause the for business calls. When we come back, we're going to go to goal and speak to Fazir Mohammed, the noted journalist, missing and guest brought to association with a very good friends at ASFE White Rum, the best shot of the day. Well, you are listening to Mason and Guest. We are bringing you a live broadcast out of Barbados. We invite you to be with us on Sunday from 6 until 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. We talk cricket for a full three hours. Tell your friends, tell your neighbors, the number for you to call is 1-850. Let that be 515-605-9850. Back to Mason and Kiss. Island after the performance at the end of the second day? The most cautiously smiling. Um, first, first of all, to, <laughs> to our audience uh, in Barbados, congratulations on becoming a republic. Um, that's a, a significant uh, achievement, of course. Uh, and then we'll see how things roll on from there. But um, for those, maybe the, 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 the Barbadian players in the squad would have been inspired mm. uh, by that, that moment, which came just 15 minutes before the start of play. Uh, on day two, and to be 69 for one, chasing 204, I, I don't think many people would have anticipated that, uh, with Sri Lanka resuming at 113 for one, so yeah, it was a good day, even though it was a, a shortened day, but now, 
the challenges for the West Indies to build on that because uh, we, we've seen the habit of the West Indies collapsing in a heap. In fact, if you look at our record, since the last time we were in Sri Lanka, we averaged 161 for the first six wickets. Uh, and, and, and of course, in the first test match, it was 100 for six and then 18 for six. So let, let's hope that uh, the, the overnight pair of Craig Brathwaite and, uh, and, and Kuma Bonner uh, can really build on, on that opening effort and, and we really get a first innings lead because that's important. We're one nil down in the series. That could open the bat in making 44. Did that surprise you, Fazir? It, it surprised me in the sense that there was the level of application that he continues to show. It, it's disappointing that he's wasted two reviews already. And mm. he did it in the, in the second innings of the first test. Uh, had a review immediately without consulting his partner when clearly there was no inside edge. He did the same thing in the first innings of this second test match. And, uh, and, but I still give him credit uh, for the fact that he took on the challenge of opening the batting. He's never even opened the batting in first-class cricket far less for opening the batting in test cricket. So to have an opening stand of 46 in the first innings of the first test and 62 in the first innings of the second test, I think he did a good job. Mm-hmm. Right, right. And uh, certainly uh, we hope that uh, the West Indies can really push on. What are your expectations in terms of the pitch on the third day, Fazir? Well, the fact that we have quite a bit of rain around, there might be some more rain to come uh, over, over the next few days. Uh, we, we'll have to wait and see again. Um, I just pull things together a bit, but clearly there's a lot of assistance for the slow bowlers. We saw that from day one. Uh, we certainly saw that on the second morning with both Pamol and Warrikan you know, being able to, able to extract quite a bit of turn. And I thought they bowled well. They, they slowed it down. They didn't bowl as quickly as we saw the Sri Lankan mm. uh, when the West, the Sri Lankan seemed to almost take it for granted that they just have to put it on a spot and they'll get the West Indies out very easily. Uh, so I think there's a lot of uh, opportunity there available to the slow bowlers. It's going to deteriorate. Uh, maybe not as quickly as in the first test because there's that moisture around. But uh, it, it really does suggest that this is going to be a match that will continue to be dominated by the slow bowlers. Just before we get to the reaction from Ricardo and from Anthony Gray, um, were you surprised, Fazir, that Cornwall and Gabriel did make it for the second test? No, I wasn't. I, uh, but when you look at it, uh, the, the overall situation, I think Shannon Gabriel always gives up his best. Uh, but but clearly, he, he, if you're going to get four overs a session from him or 12 overs in a day, uh, that really isn't enough unless he's guaranteed to give you a couple of wickets at, at the top. And also, I didn't know this. I don't know how many people knew this back in the West Indies, that it was always on the plans to leave out Kimar Roach for the first test and play him for the second because that's what Roddy Estwick, the bowling coach, said at the end of the first day. Mm. Uh, when he went to the, to the Caribbean media, he indicated that this was always part of the plan, that Roach would not play the first, but play the second. And it, uh, again, why wouldn't we be made aware of this? Because everyone was walking around thinking that Kemar Roach had been dropped. Uh, so it, it, it's interesting that, that we, we're getting this bit of information uh, coming out now. Uh, so no, it, it wasn't a surprise to me. I actually thought that Jomel Warrakan might have been left out as well to accommodate Jaden Seals on the Western. He might really put uh, an effort with the fast bowlers. But... Credit to Warrikan because he's got his best test figures as well. Mm. Uh, Ricardo, did that surprise you that um, based on what uh, you know, Fazer just said that Roach was always going to play the second as your lead bowler? Of course. And I, 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 is that not a hypothetical thought? Or, or you know, somebody said that in retrospect. I'm not sure that that's something that would have been said right up at the front, would it? 
Mm. Uh, did any did um did Frazier ask Roddy why? Frazier? I was not at the media interview task, but I saw a recording of it and, and basically it was the questions that were posed by the West Indies media officer Dario Bartley. I've sort of obviously gotten questions from the Caribbean media in, in that regard. And, and that, that was Roddy's explanation. Uh, so, so basically, that, that, that was the, uh, the, he said it's about man management, uh, where the, the test matches are just three days apart. And he felt it was putting a, a strain in these conditions on the fast bowlers. Those, those were his words that essentially playing tests back to back virtually uh, was going to be a strain on the faster bowlers, the heavier outfield, lots of running around to do. And it was felt useful to have a situation where Roach would play, play the second test match. I'm not the first. That was his explanation. Mm. Tony Gray? Tony? Well, I don't agree with uh, Tony's that. Tony um, is When you look at um, uh, Kemar Roach, he went to play county cricket for my uh, former club, Surrey Cricket Club. And, oh, you're not seeing me? Yeah, Andrew? yeah, yeah, we're hearing you. You're freezing a bit. Tony, Tony, are, are you in Santa Cruz? <laughs> yeah, it's a bit cold here, so I'm freezing. Okay, I'm freezing. Yeah. <laughs> so you're freezing twice then. Hello, you hear me, Andrew? Yeah, I don't know. For some strange reason, you know, you've, you've gone off a bit, Tony. You've got to change your position. Go upstairs, Tony, that big house you've got there. Andrew, you hear me? Yes, we're hearing you loud and clear now. You hear me? Yes, we're hearing you. We're hearing you, Tony. Continue. Yeah, I'm, I'm surprised with that um, that conversation. Yeah, I'm surprised. I'm surprised with that because Kemar Roach went to England and he bowled um, for Surrey Cricket Club and he bowled a lot of overs. He bowled. Uh, in a lot of games, so I, I don't think a two-test match series would hamper him. In fact, I think that the more he bowls, the better he bowls. Um, so I'm a bit surprised with that statement by uh, the bowling coach. Mm. Uh, Roland, you've got your hand up. Andrew, it, it seems a strange thing to, to, to decide on before... Uh a test series start before he leaves the region, if that was the indication, because suppose Gabriel had got eight wickets in the first game, what, what, what would you do then? Right. Because if you already had this plan that Roach is going to play in the second game, mm. um, it seems a strange thing to, 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 to do and say at that point. I mean, for me, obviously, you get there, you see what happens, you see the form that people's in, etc. To be quite honest, Andrew, in that first test match, you know, Gabriel was the, was the quickest bowler on the park. And Gabriel, at times, you know, didn't look bad on, in, in, those, in those conditions that were quite good for batting, eventually, and batting. Mm. Gabriel looked the best bowler on fastball on both sides. So I, Kazir, would, would tell you, I, I sent him a message asking him, you know, why Gabriel wasn't playing, if he was injured, etc. And I was told that he he was left out. So I I, I was even a little bit surprised with that. But now Fazir has confirmed to us what the intention was all along that, mm. that he was going to play. Mm. 
Yeah, that's a stranger. Let, let, let's take a call at 725 in the country. You can call us 44178. Hello, welcome, Mason and guest. Hello. Hello. Andrew. Yes. This is your walking partner. I know he has some statements on the radio there. I don't understand but they're telling Kimari he has to wait. They got a plan to play the, to play the second yes. match. Yeah. Andrew. Yes. Who be going? Who be going? Mm. Let me ask you, Andrew. Let me ask you a question. Mm. That would have ever opened for Jamaica? No, no. Shell has ever opened for Barbados? What's the, point you, what's the point you're making? Yes, yeah, Shea Hope is an opener. Well, you've got Shea Hope, Andrew. Mm. Bad number four now? Yeah, 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 yeah. He's bad at number four, yes. But Andrew, let me tell you what happened, right? Yes. There's a backlash from all chief letters saying that Shea Hope is as open as finish. Right. He said he, he said the experiment is over. Yes, please. Right. But okay, got an opening batsman. And as, as a matter of fact, he's back number four now, right? Yes, he, he's expected about four. And you got that word opening? Mm. That's, that's a strange one for you? Yes, please. All right. All right. Thanks for your contribution. We got several calls backed up. Let's try and take some calls. Heading to seven thirty in the country. Hello, welcome, Mason and Guest. Uh, hello, hello. Good evening. Good evening to you, sir. Yeah, I would like to find out from Ricky Elcock. Yes. What is the position of Joe for Archer from, from England? Is he? Is he? Uh, I, I, I figured he should have gone to the Ashes as well. Call you Elbow can't take the long part. I'm saying, man, the heel man. He should go on. He should go on to the the Ashes, man. Ricardo. He hasn't been selected based on his injury. Right. Um, I mean, the the powers that be at the, at the ECB would obviously know how fit he are, and they've decided that he's not fit enough to make the, the tour. Well, Hello? Yes, 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 caller. His injury. Yeah, uh, we can't respond yeah, he did respond. All right. Well, thanks for your contribution. Let's, let's take another call. Hello, welcome. Listen to the phone. Some people are, in fact, are listening to the radio and getting confused. Hello, welcome. Yeah, good evening, uh, Mr. Mills. Good evening night? to you. Good evening to you, sir. Um, I want to go back. Sure. Way, way, way back. Mm. Right? And I don't really come to selection. when the rest in these selectors or whoever say that players are hurt. I don't believe them. I tell you why. Mm. I remember my friend, the Mark Marshall, was said to be injured, mm. and yet he was made 12 man. Mm. As you know, a 12 man cannot bat a ball, but you have to do all the other duties that any fielder would do. Right. Malcolm came and said that he was not hurt. Mm. A lot of foolishness going on in West Indies were hit, mm-hmm. and it need to be cut off, not nicked. All I don't want Gambit is I talk about the administrators, the people who are resting this cricket. I remember Ambrose and Waltz saying they are willing to help. What use is Roddy Eswick? I mean, and yeah, it's true that because he might be a good player, he may not be a good administrator, but 
There's another term I will use, advisor. Get all these players need is proper guidance. And you cannot get proper guidance from failures. In football, all they would have been dismissed every time. You know that. Mm. Why are we persistent with it and blaming the players? Players need proper guidance. They do. That's what they need. They do. Have a nice independence there, Andrew. Thank you very much indeed. Thank you very much indeed. Uh, there's a WhatsApp saying, Fazir can't believe that we still continue to talk about Hope, who has been failing for the last four years, average around 15. Fazir? Well, we, we, we've more or less accepted mediocrity, if you really look at our, our overall numbers. It's not mm. just Hope. Uh, and, and I mean, it, it, it really is disappointing that he has never kicked on from that phenomenal performance at Headingley more than four years ago, because you can't be this top-class batsmen in one-day cricket, averaging over 50 and having fantastic and consistent performances. Yet in test match cricket, uh, you're, you're averaging in the mid-20s. We had a situation for the first test match where, unfortunately, he got injured, and thankfully he's recovering from the blow on the helmet, where Jeremy Salazano was going to make his test debut with a first-class average of 23. Mm. And, uh, we'll pausing to think about this. Our top-rated batsman right now in international cricket at test level is Jermaine Blackwood with an average of under 31. Mm. So I don't know what else needs to happen for people to realize that we have now more or less accepted mediocrity. That, that, that now, if you average 25, 30 in first-class cricket, you're considered to be banging on the door of the selectors to get a test pick. This is the reality. And, and then people wonder why. Within the last five years, since the last trip to Sri Lanka, uh, we lose our top six wickets with an average of 161 runs on the board mm. uh, in the first six for 100 and then six for 18. So we, we lament over it, we cuss and get on, we quarrel and, and blame left, right and center. But this is not something that started last week or last month or last year. This has become the norm in West Indies cricket. Gentlemen, mm-hmm. I want to turn um, the attention now to the ODI squad that was picked in the T20. In the ODI scholars, Pollard Hope, Brooks, Chase, Graves, Hossein, Joseph, Moti, Poran, Philip, uh, Rifa, Shepard, Smith, and Walsh. Um, Tony, have you had uh, any time to, to do an assessment of the ODI squad? And then we go to the G20. Do you like the squad with Pollard as captain? Yeah, I think that um, generally, I think that the selectors did a, a fantastic job here. I would maintain Pollard as captain of uh, both white ball games uh, because of the fact that uh, we cannot give a young player now. I don't think that um, Puran is um, ready as yet. And obviously, um, Hetmeyer will struggle as captain and a leader. Mm. Um, so I think that we have to maintain Pollard as captain uh, because of the fact that if we give a young player now, um, I think it's going to be a bigger hole that we are forming now. The only question I have on this one this side would be Raymond Reaper. Mm. Uh, he has toured a lot with the Western team in different formats of the game, and I don't think that he's an impact player. I like the fact that they've given other young players a chance. Moti, for example, who's been playing a lot of cricket in the Caribbean and doing well over the years. So I think that he's ready now. I like the way he approaches this game. Uh, but Raymond Reaper, to me, is not going to be the future of Western East cricket. And somebody like Dominic um, Briggs, Dominic Briggs, to me, is a better bet. And when you look at young players, um, Andrew, you want to 
get them developing, not in the shortest version of the game, but in a longer version of the white ball game. Uh, so Dominic the Drakes, to me, uh, should be in place of Raymond Reefer. Uh, but I don't have the, any problems with the rest. I, I like the fact that Odin Smith, he bowled at 100, and, uh, well, he bowled at 90 miles an hour, and we need bowlers like that. Um, he even was junior. We need to invest in the wrist spinner. So a very good squad by the West Indies team. I have Darren Bravo is <laughs> at the crossroads of his career. And obviously, it depends on his mindset of what he wants to achieve. Goal setting for him is key. I'm not sure about his mind at the moment. Uh, but uh, I like the squad. Sharma Brooks, he deserves an opportunity. Uh, so Dominic Briggs in place for Raymond Reefer is the only change that I would make uh, to the squad. Mm. Uh, your reaction, uh, Fazir, to the ODI squad? Well, to be fair, I really haven't had much opportunity to, to, to analyze the squad to any great degree, but I, I know that also you have to take in consideration that a number of players were unavailable uh, for selection for personal reasons, whatever that means, whether it's a, and it's not wanting to go to Pakistan or maybe just fatigue or, or, or whatever that may be. Uh, again, when it comes to personal reasons, it's always a sensitive issue. But the, the, the bigger issue for me, Andrew, is, is whether or not we have a clear direction in mm. our, our uh, looking to build towards a, uh, a better showing in the next World Cup, which is, what, less than 12 months away? Is it uh, about uh, reassessing whether or not that should be the leader? Clearly, if he, if he is still the captain, that he's going to continue uh, as captain. Are we going to see the selection process interrupted to accommodate Chris Gale uh, for the, the, the series coming up uh, with Ireland in, in Jamaica and all of that? And so, so really, uh, the, the, I have no issues uh, per se, with the selection of the squad. I just wanted to, to, to know that the circus have a clear vision, a clear way forward, as far as whether or not we're building towards the next World T20, or we're looking beyond that, as far as rebuilding our squad after that disappointing campaign last month. Roland? Well, Andrew, I think by selecting Pollard um, as captain, uh, you know, that's an indication that he will be leaving the World Cup side because um, I don't think you will select him for this coming up to the end of this year and then jettison him in the new year. So I think they'll put their cards on the table very clearly that he's the one that they're going to go with. Um, if he's done already, so there's not a lot to do about that. Mm. All I would hope for is that. But do you agree with that, though? But, 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 but do you agree with Paul as being captain? Well, I mean, at this moment in time, I think mm. Andrew with a World Cup coming up mm. just around the corner. Mm. Um, I am not sure whether it would serve the team and the Stingy's cricket um, to, 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 to jettison him right now because mm. um, but, but, to jettison him... But, to what jettison would him but, but what would recommend him to the captain? Well, what would recommend him to the captain would be the fact that um, we, we do not have a lot of options. I mean, basically... Um, you say that, that you know, Puran is, is, is the option, but, you know, Puran also has very limited um, experience mm. in, in, that, in that area as well. So, you yeah. know, so he, he, he is also a risk. So right now, a risk. Um, he, 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 doesn't, he must be because, he, mm. and he, you know, when, when you take someone with limited experience, mm. you know, it's a risk. It may mm. work out, it may not. Mm. So what I'm saying right so, now. So, so, on that basis, he, he, so on that basis, you keep following. 
He qualifies on that basis right now. Mm. I'm not saying it should be the long term, mm. um, the long term selection mm. for West Indies. That in three years time that he's going to be doing mm. things great for West Indies because mm. you know after after this year, you know he, he's going to have to justify his position in the team as a player. Oh, so so, so what you're but, saying to me is that you're going to take Pollard to captain the side of the World Cup and then that's it. Is that what you're saying, Roland? Well, I think what I'm saying is that... Um, I want to hear you clearly, you know, Roland. You hear me very clearly. I'm going to mm. speak as slowly as I can so that you don't perfect if I say it. What I'm saying is that I believe that they will select Pollard to lead the World Cup side. Mm. And then they'll take a view after that, depending yes. on how he performs and how the teams perform. Mm. Um, but I think going forward, you know, I, I, I see someone like Shea Hope as a possible white ball captain. Mm. Um, I think that could also be something that might, you know, galvanize mm. white ball and other, and other cricket because mm. clearly in white ball cricket, he, he's super confident and, and the stats are there to, to prove that. All right. Well, when we come back, of course, Dr. Ford has got some questions and we're going to uh, continue to get your reaction, 441790. We're going to ask Ricardo... Elcock, uh, he thinks that Pollard should be the man to lead West Indies um, in the ODIs and the T20s, or bite the bullet and pick a young captain and go forward. That's also something that we want to look at as well. So let's take a break. Miss. Yes, we're taking a break, but we don't have a time to take a break. We're going to talk about a song that I love and I play it every, every year. Mm. 
Smith took over a, a, a test team, a test team that more stronger than a one day team and got more days to play than a one day team mm-hmm. and got more capacity to do in a one day team and make them become successful of it. Mm-hmm. And I believe that program is going to be next white ball captain mm-hmm. and starting now because mm-hmm. you work close to a year. That is a good time to give him training, mm-hmm. ideas, and guidance. Right. Oh. And he's been there before. And he win before. Remember, he yeah. win before. They follow win before. Mm. They follow win. I had it twice. They mm. follow win before. Mm. No. What are your thoughts then? Let's get a reaction from Ricardo Elcott. Ricardo, um, what would you do? Would you, would you pick a young captain or would you stay with Pollard? I mean, I, I, can, I can give you something completely out of left field now, right? I think that all of you are delusional. Really? If you all think, yeah, if you all think that <laughs> the 33, yeah, if you all think that there's 33 players in the Caribbean worthy of playing all of that cricket, you're mad, mm. you know. I, I think it's <laughs> actually inhumane really? that you get Braffitt out of playing for Wonders against Carlton or Wonders against the Combined Schools or whoever. Or playing the substandard cricket that is regional cricket now, and expect Rafit or Poran or any one of those players mm. to go into Test match cricket or international cricket, by the way, mm. and actually perform. It's actually in, inhumane on people like on those young kids, right? I'll tell you what I would do. I would pick one single team, right? One test team, the best test players I have, and I will ask them all, the best test players, to play all the international cricket that I have. Because those boys, the cricket is so poor in the Caribbean that those youngsters need to be playing at the highest level. And you can only do that against the international teams that's around. Whether that's white ball in 2020, it's 50 overs in 50 overs, or test matches. Let them play all the cricket. Take your best team, one team, and let them and let them play all the cricket. Forget all this stuff until you've got your players up to a standard. They're not up to the standard now. Mm. Okay, that's my thoughts on it. Mm. Doctor Ford, would you do what uh, Ricardo Elcock is recommending? Well, I think what what he's saying is that we should find our best players and let our best players play the cricket. But I also do think that uh, we do have a problem here. Uh, as Fazer has mentioned, we have a, a problem with mediocrity. But the thing is, the players that we have that are mediocre are still the best players that we have in the region. He mentioned Shea Hope. Shea Hope makes tons of runs in the best of the best on any cricket we have in the region. So, and we can look at that for all of the other players. Braswith, we can look at it for Chase. We can go down the line, Blackwood, uh, Bonner. So we know that we have the best players. Our problem is the development and an improvement of these players. And, and you look at it that because the players are so poor, I guess our selectors look really poor, so maybe they can, can't help it. The coaching staff has been, has been doing very, very poorly. Any other coaching staff in any other professional game would have been canned mm. already. We, we have a one-day captain who averages less than 27, takes less than a half of a wicket in all white ball format, can't make any other team in, in the world, and manages a team that loses six out of seven matches in a world tournament. 
And that is the person that's there. The truth is, there is no articulation of a plan. And, and I think Fazir had alluded to this. We don't know if we plan on rebuilding and starting anew in order to win the World Cup, not this coming T20, but the one after. Uh, and the, the way the team is picked shows that, the way that it's being led shows that. And also, even with the test matches, the way that we have to find out after the fact who is going to be rested. We, we don't, we tour without a third opener, even though we tend to have problems with openers failing. Uh, there, there isn't a direction or a, a problem-solving approach, a scientific approach to West Indies cricket. And, and I think that's the problem we have for the 20 years. You have to know your problem in order to work at the solution. But I don't think the, the administrators and, and others want to be honest enough with what the problems are and then try to say what the solutions are. I think we have a lot of, of, of very frail, uh, you know, points and, and achievements and vague uh, goals, but we haven't looked at the main things. The main things is that our batsmen aren't test-class batsmen, our fast bowlers aren't world-class uh, bowlers, and our spinners dominate a tournament for more than 10 years. Our services are bad. I mean, we, we have so many different things to, to work on. I think we can actually look at solutions for each of them and then get those best players. But those players, like the test players, have to be compensated enough that they can concentrate on, on tests. And certainly the white ball players have to do the same. And we have a loyalty problem. We're the only cricketing nation with a loyalty problem as it relates to players, where players can can come and can go, and, and you cannot build a team ethos and a winning habit when you have a team that's fragmented and only comes together for, for major tournaments. Mm. Uh, so, so there are so many issues. I think we have to look at the issues and then look at solutions. Mm. Uh, Fazi, you want to respond to that? Well, I, I think it's just Dr. Bisk encapsulated a lot of these things that we've been talking about for decades, and I mean... Roland had a lot more hair on his head than we were talking about these issues, and we still keep talking about it. I mean, I mean, I don't know if we're really serious in the Caribbean about solving anything. And I, I know that sounds like a generic response, but the fact is that, we, as I said to you last week, Andrew, one of the reasons I have these discussions in previous weeks is because we keep saying the same thing over and over again. Mm. And then we'll win the occasional match, win the occasional series. Maybe it's a good thing that England is coming because there's always a good chance of beating England in the West Indies, and then we'll all be celebrating once again as if we, 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 we have turned the corner and so on. And then the next series will be right back to square one. All the numbers show us that we are not managing this situation well. Whether you talk about this administration or the previous one or the one before that, whether you talk about Barbados, whether you talk about Jamaica or whatever, the evidence is there that we have now settled with mediocrity. We, uh, yes, they are, and quite, quite correctly, as Doc pointed out, these are our best players, these are our best performers, but at a global level, they are mediocre. So from being best in the world for, for, for a long time, we have now reached a stage where we are clamoring in support of mediocrity. Where is the excellence? Where is the insistence on excellence? In other words, if you can't reach a certain standard, don't come here. Basically, mm. but, but we, 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 you're talking about a generational situation. We people re- arguing and calling and cutting about mediocre performers. This is where we are now. Mm. Let's take a call. It's uh, 10 minutes to 8 o'clock. 
Got another 10 minutes to go. Uh, can we take a call? Mr. Ronnie Clark, we can. Hello, welcome, Mason and Gets. Yeah, good evening. How are you? I'm fine. Why did Deborah be cream up in there with a white ball and a red ball? She hopes she'll be opening the innings, not Blackwood. Oh, okay. Thank you very much indeed for that uh, contribution. We've got Condé Riley, the president of the Barbers Cricket Association, on the line. Condé, good evening to you, sir. Good evening. Yes, of course, I want to offer your congratulations to Desmond Leo Hain. Well, I think that that's very um, well deserved. Um, as you know, he would have been with, in that famous partnership with Desmond Hain. With, with Gordon Greenwich. With, with, with Gordon. Mm-hmm. And I think it would have been coming very shortly. He's a product um, of the Federal High School, which is now a, now defunct. But that school put out a lot of good cricketers back in those days that I was a boy at Commonwealth. And I'm sure that those old scholars will be very proud that um, Desmond has received the um, national honor. Mm-hmm. Also, the people from his village, right? you know, um, and you see, it's richly deserved, let's say. And it comes at a very good time because our board is looking at, you know, involving our legends a lot more with our prayers, both men and women. And um, only last week, we were discussing his um, coming on to the BCA to work with our batsmen, you know. He has a, good, a very good technique and so on. Mm. And I think it's a, a case of when as opposed to if. The very advanced stage. So, so can, you, can, okay, can you explain that and tell us a bit more? So, Desi Haynes is coming to work with the BC as a as a batting coach. Is that what you're saying? Yes, yeah, specifically with like our our regional and the 19s and the 15s, right from the bottom and the 13s, right through. Right. And then obviously with our um, and the 19s and the, our senior team. Oh. As you would have heard all over the last what, year or so people talking about the deficiencies of our batsmen um, and so on. So that's a conscious decision that has been taken by our credit committee, mm-hmm. which is chaired by Cabo, right. and has some pretty knowledgeable um, um, cricketers mm-hmm. working with him. Mm-hmm. I see. Uh, and, and when are you going to appoint a director of cricket, um, uh, Mr. Riley? Um, that job was advertised um, over the last week mm-hmm. and um, once the interviews take place the HR committee will make a decision and um, hopefully we have a lot of credit coming up in terms of um, junior cricket next year then we have the what you call it the 5 t 20s against England right um, in January and followed well now from that we have three Regional four-day games in Barbados, second, um, the ninth, and the sixteenth of February. Right. Followed right. by that test match. As you know, right now we have the Nations Cup um, going on um, with the best. I say sixty players in Barbados, fifteen per team. That's going pretty well. Boys a bit rusty because you know they haven't played cricket for two years. But one of our young batsmen had a very good hundred. Sean Buffett, I think it was. Yes, yes, yeah, wonderful player. So, uh, it's a work in progress. Um, Kadim Aline, young, young, another young guy, he got a good, a pretty good score. Mm. Um, we're going to lose three guys now from the Legends. 
because they're going off with uh, oh dear, Brooks, um, two others are going off to Pakistan. Right. But we have a good mixture of senior players and um, youngsters mm-hmm. in the Legends Cup. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, 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 can you confirm, though, at the international, because I'll come back to, to locals shortly, that there has been an extension in relation to the West Indies selectors. Is it, is it three months or is it two years? My, my, my information um, was that it has been extended to the end of this year. So that would oh. be the end of December. Mm. Well, when you yeah. say your understanding, I mean, you are, you're directed. You don't know? No one has told you? That statement was made by uh, management. I think it was the CEO or some other person, right. or Jimmy Adams, that it has been extended to the end of the year rather than, you know, have a, a, a new panel um, coming in to pick the teams that had to be picked going after uh, Pakistan and so on and so forth. Mm. Um, oh, I see. Fair enough. So, so that so has been taken care of. And your lo- local elections, December 16th, am I right? Yes. Um, we got, finally got permission um, to have our um, UGM. Mm. and hopefully our special meeting so that we can, you know, have that elections out of the way. And also, we had to get that permission from government because the protocols didn't allow us to have the number of people that we expect would turn up at our AGM, especially when there's going to be voting mm. um, um, for directors mm. and so on. I see. Uh, um, Conde, so when the English come next year, we're going to have people um, in Kensington, and other vaccinated people, has that been confirmed? Um, that's what the plan is, coming from Cricket West Indies and the um, government. But you know this thing is so fluid, this um, COVID-19. Oh. So that's the plan, fully vaccinated people. Um, English and Barbarians alike were to go on sale um, in very early, I think, the 5th of December or something like that. Right. Oh. Online. On, online. Online. Yeah. And the Barmy Army fine. coming? Um, several thousand? My information comes from the BTMI in the UK is that um, mm. the two operators are receiving thousands of um, uh, requests for tickets. Right. And um, I think there are about 12 two operators that are going to be responsible for booking tickets and obviously accommodation and mm. things that go. Mm. Thousands that usually come from England. Conde, are you worried about the new variant? Yes, I am. Are you worried about the new variant? <laughs> is that a, is that a uh, fair question? <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think everyone is concerned because, yes. you know, although I'm fully vaccinated, um, mm. I, I, this, this one, you know, seems to be very um, deadly and contagious. Mm. Um, this is the one coming out of South Africa you're talking yes, about. Yes, yes. Omicron or something like that, yeah. yeah. So I think everybody, all the medical people are, mm. you know, following the science and keeping in touch with what's happening, coming from the WHO and PAHO and so on. And our COVID, COVID-19 unit is well-staffed to um, mm. high level, you know, to keep mm. monitoring and... Mm-hmm giving advice to the Ministry of Health and, and government and the people of Ireland. Just before you go, Conde, of course, you would want to um, pay respect to the uh, new national hero, Rihanna, of course. 
Oh yes, um, he is a young lady, but mm. he believes that he believes that he can carry the title. Yes, uh, I think he's 33 years old. Um, he's a Cameroonian. Not of my vintage though. Mm. <laughs> so that that goes well for us. <laughs> <laughs> you could be her uh, father. Con. You could be her father. Con. Their grandfather. Actually, yeah, my daughter was at school the same time as she was. Not that far from me. Two different schools, but they know each other. Yeah. So I could be a father. Yeah. Right. Indeed. Uh, I, I think it, uh, it, 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 it's something now that you know mm-hmm. you support people around right. her. Right. She's an entertainer. Um. She has clothes lines, cosmetic lines. Everything. Like stuff, 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 but yeah. Mm. Now it's what she needs now. And she and she and, uh, she, and she's, also, she's also a billionaire like President Mohammed. No, <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> no, but what what she needs is a good support system to make sure right. that she understands. Mm. An ambassador right now right. understands that the term what what that what that means what that what that says to the youth of Barbados. Tremendous. If you aspire and so on, and therefore to the sort of ask to you know. Carry yourself in a, a certain way, right? As a national hero, right? Indeed. I think that for a young lady at 33, that she, I think she has a lot more life to live than she's lived. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, but I think she can do it. She can, of course, she can do it. Wonderful. Once well, you have good support people around her. So Conde, I want to thank you for coming through and talking to us. Always a pleasure to talk to you, and uh, we'll hear you again very, very soon. Just a couple seconds left on the program. Let's go back to Fazir. Fazir expectations uh, for the third day's play. Bethany is making 520. If you could be assured of that. Uh, but whether or not the West Indies will get a lead, I think it really depends on, on the, the top order continuing. Where they have, we, we know the low order has, has tried to pull us out of it uh, uh, very often. Uh, I'm looking out this morning, seeing that it's dawning <laughs> clear and bright, but that doesn't preclude showers coming on uh, later today. But um, it, it's encouraging, but I, I wouldn't jump ahead and say automatically that the West Indies are going to dominate this third day because we've happened. All right. We run out of time, gentlemen. Ricardo Elcock, always good to hear from you. Some interesting comments and one that I'm sure they'll be quoted. Roland Butcher was looking to become uh, a, a director on the board again. I understand he's going to have a big, big problem. I understand he's not getting the kind of votes that he's looking for. Henry Wallace is going to beat him. Dr. Ford is part of Henry Wallace's campaign. And Fesley Marvin says it's time to move on from Roland Butcher. And Tony Gere would never vote uh, for Roland Butcher. I'm Andrew Mason. It's open for a bear tomorrow. It's good night. And indeed, good night. And we uh, hope that you have indeed enjoyed this wonderful show. Mason and guests, congratulations to all the awardees over in Barbados, including the great Rihanna. And she is something worth repeating. She is just a darling. We wish her well. Um, Haynes, of course, well deserved, long overdue, and all the others. But good night from the Cricket Show. Join us on Sunday and on Saturday morning and from 9 until 12, Sunday from 6 until 9. Nine Eastern Standard Time. Good night. Silent night by the temptation.
the night before Christmas, and all through the house, not a creature was stirring, not even a mouse. In my mind. I'm 
Sunday. God willing.